Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, small more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back to The Deal Board. And today we're talking about insurance issues related to selling your business. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that we don't talk a lot about in the deal process. And it it comes up um, in a variety of forms. So today we have a couple interviews that cover a vast amount of insurance issues that can arise in the deal. Everything from workers' comp to property insurance for hurricanes that you experience down in Florida more often than we do in Colorado. So, right, Andy? Yeah, I mean, uh, insurance issues uh, just came into play uh, just recently. We had Hurricane, I forget which one it was called this time, Michael Irving. I mean, you know, we've had all their hurricanes blow through. And uh, when they're in the box, as it's called, uh, within a certain amount of time uh, coming into the, and I certainly ask, we will, uh, you know, we will go over that with our experts, uh, but we will talk about, you know, when you can't get insured, it actually holds up a deal. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is, is that some people have had insurance for a long time, either in their company uh, for their property insurance or uh, for workers comp. And then when you get a new buyer in, it's a different ball game, and there could be big price differentials. So we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. And I mean, different price differentials. And sometimes if you aren't updating your insurance year to year, things can change. A lot of insurances are priced based off off your revenue. So if your company has grown revenue size or employee size, we've seen companies that are underinsured. So then when we get to go to get it requoted, it could be, you know, double what the current company is paying now. And that obviously affects the bottom line SDE number, which is going to affect the value of the company. Um, So those are all things that we look at in deals. And it's why it's great to have a great insurance broker um, and partner in your deal. Um, But there's also other things. And and one of the guests that we're going to talk to um, talks about um, some issues in specific industries that can hold up a deal. And, and one industry in general is uh, con- construction or the trades and workers' comp issues. So workers' comp is a major insurance expense for some companies in specific industries if they're prone to accidents and things like that. And depending on their recent history of accidents and things, it could greatly increase their workers' comp. Um, and that's held up a couple of our deals too of recent claims that are coming against the company prior to the sale. So we'll talk about a lot about that today and how to mitigate that factor if you're in, in one of those industries or prepare for it, at least so you know what to expect. Yes, we'll talk a lot about being underinsured. We see that a lot, right? So business owners have had their businesses for years and they're trying to cut, cut, cut. And then the buyer comes in, they want to run it, quote unquote, legitimately. 
Or we'd even talk about if there's financing involved. If there is financing involved, the owner is going to need health insurance. And you can't believe how many times it pops up that the owner didn't even know they had a health concern. And then we have to get someone else in there to be guaranteed a loan or get somebody else in there or, or get a very expensive insurance policy uh, to cover both the bank and the business. Um, and so there's a lot of issues that creep up. Again, property issues, underinsured issues. Uh, I have Michael Drath from Magaya Insurance, who's been our partner for many years. He's been doing deals for a long time. He'll even talk about uh, some of the E&O coverage that uh, is out there in the world. And, and you know, you may want to get that. So a lot of businesses are underinsured. We see that a, a lot. And so... Um, you know, yes, the valuation then comes into play saying, well, you are underinsured. You should be charging less uh, for your business because you didn't have properly have it covered. But it, it, and we'll also talk about that. It, whose opinion is it that it's underinsured or overinsured? Right. It's all a matter of risk and what the, what the owner's willing to take in risk. So lots of different stuff to talk about. Like I said, everything from workers comp, property, life insurance, there's all kinds of different insurances, E&O, especially depending on what industry you're in. But this will give you a good overview today um, and something that you, you're going to want to talk to your insurance broker about too, if you're considering selling and getting on the market, just understanding you know where you're at, if your insurance rates are going to be going up. And if you are underinsured, what, what that risk is that you're looking at right now. Yeah, it's a great show with a lot of great information. Uh, we will put uh, both of our guests' uh, uh, contact info in the show notes, and uh, you could reach out to them because, again, that's another element of a deal. We talk about deals getting killed, and that is absolutely one of the deals' uh, issues that could come up right at the last minute. So let's get to it. Let's do it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, we're back and we have a very special guest, uh, Michael Drath from Magaya Insurance, longtime friend, almost like a brother to me. Uh, but Michael has been working with Transworld for uh, many years now, right, Michael? Yeah. I mean, how many years? Roughly 11. Roughly 11 years, over a decade. And uh, so he's been kind of our go-to guy uh, when we're talking about insurance in deals. And there's a lot of things you have to watch out for. So we're just going to kind of kick it off and talk about uh, the first thing, when you're getting an SBA loan, the buyer's going to need life insurance, right, Mike? Yes. Hello, Andy. Thank you for having me. Of course, life insurance seems to be easy and sometimes is, but when it comes to the buyers, there's a lot of pitfalls or seemingly struggles, if you will. Um, a lot of times, you may have someone that has insurance and they just need an increase. Right. And they don't realize that that increase is usually going to require medical and, you know, medical exam and the full underwriting. And a lot of people get confused with the famous guaranteed issue up to 250,000. Um, yes, that is true. And that's only when you have no other coverage in place. If you have other coverage in place, it, then you're going for an increase and need medical. Um, also, that two guaranteed issue can take up to two weeks. 
right on on a fast track. So you could even see it two to four weeks. Yes, some can do it in a matter of a week sometimes, but you can't count on that. And then when it comes to, you know, a million, two million or more, sometimes it gets to be extensive underwriting. They don't just look at the medical, they also look at the credit. And they look at the credit sometimes of the spouse as well, and they look at the whole picture. Uh, Another pitfall that we had recently, someone didn't realize that the spouse's recent cosmetic surgery was going to be an issue on the medical exam. Wow, really? And it, it created, you know, an underwriting issue and it delayed it about two weeks. So it was still, you know, we say anywhere from four weeks to eight weeks for 250,000 up to say 2 million. If you get over 2 million, depending on the health and the credit and the person's financials, it could go quickly. But once you get to that point, you get into much stiffer underwriting and you end up in the management approvals. Yeah. And our buyers aren't usually young. Right. Good good point. (laughs) You know, there's issues that pop up. And, and so when you're going to get an SBA loan, the, the lender wants to be covered just in case that person dies, right? Correct. That's the whole thing. So correct. So so all these things come into play that you have to get medicals and you have to get. So it just takes time. So realize when and and it's good to have a specialist like you who knows what they're doing in these deals. Right. And we had a, a another interesting situation. And you know every deal is one off basis. Everybody you know every deal has to be looked at individually. We had a deal that was written. The life insurance was done. And the appraisal on the property came back low and the bank asked for more life insurance. So we had to go back and ask for more underwriting. So it just, it, it then that delayed that a couple of weeks. So that just, it's just part of what happens and you have to be ready for what could come. Right. And you're ready for deals, but that, you know, life insurance is just one thing that we run into when business owners are running their businesses and they're running them for a long time. A lot of time they're underinsured or they're trying to save money by not being uh, fully insured. And then of course, buyers going in there want to be insured. And so we have a lot of issues when transfers, right? Right. And also sometimes you have a, you know, a seller that doesn't have any financing and the buyer's got SBA. So you're going from one extreme to the other. So you have work comp issues and not really issues, but just things that you have to get through process the ERM form with property. You have to worry about wind restrictions in Florida specifically. Uh, you have to worry about the replacement cost valuations and how they match the fair market value valuation from the lender. Um, and then with flood, whenever the f- bank requires flood, you're in a high hazard flood area, which means you're going to need an elevation certificate. It's they go hand in hand. Right. So once they require it, you need the certificate. And that can always take a couple of days. The buying the flood insurance can be done in literally a matter of minutes, but you need the elevation certificate. Right. So all these things kind of hold up deals. And again, having someone like Michael in your corner uh, can really help or someone that knows what they're doing as far as, but you know, these days, isn't everywhere in a flood zone almost? Yes. Fair point. (laughs) Anywhere can be in a flood area nowadays. And so, and what we're seeing is, you know, especially in places, coastal areas, uh, we see deals get delayed because there, you know, there's a hurricane in the box. What does that mean? Yeah. As the storm's approaching and it gets close to land, which can be anywhere, obviously in the Gulf coast area, all the way up the Northeast coast, 
down to Florida and the Keys, anywhere in the box, once it gets close, the, they will not bind new property policies. You know, the liability is fine, the work comp, those things aren't an issue. But the property, the binding restrictions can come on even for a tropical storm warning. So we've seen it just recently that right here in this office that there was a couple of deals delayed from a tropical storm no one was even paying attention to. Right. And it was in the box, but it, it clearly wasn't going to hit Florida. But still, it holds up uh, binding and underwriting, and you're 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 done. You're not getting a you're not getting a deal done. Right. And you know, well, something else I wanted to mention about the flood that was so you might want to do it earlier than later, right? Yes, of course. You, that's the thing. We know the storms are approaching, and you can see them coming. And you know the the, the technology and the predictions are now much better that we can know a week out or so that you can buy a policy today and bind it for an effective date two weeks out, even 30 days out because the quotes are good for 30 days. So the, the carriers are fine because when they underwrote it, there was no storm. Right. So I did want to mention one other thing, as I said about the flood. Uh, there was an interesting situation too, where we had a, a client that had $5,000 in contents and the bank was requiring the flood insurance. Huh. The flood insurance, because they were in a high hazard flood zone, cost about $2,000. They had a $1,500 deductible, and they basically were buying no coverage. Right. So, but the bank was requiring to do that. And as I explained to the buyer, you, you can't focus on the fact that the insurance is basically meaningless. What's most important is to focus on that this is part of the deal. This is part of the insurance that you have to get the deal done. It's not really about buying insurance for that. Right. You know, a lot of times it doesn't exactly match what you want in business or what you, you know, or quote unquote, even what you need uh, when you're getting financing or there's a bank involved, you just have to do it. I mean, it's just their box that they have to lend in. Right. And my, my goal working with you all has always been to make sure that insurance doesn't get in the way of the closing because insurance is just, part of what you need for the business to go. Right. And, and that's what happens. I mean, we, we always see where, you know, it's just another variable in our deals and we hate variables and we, we don't want them to happen. So that's why we turn to people like you to make, who are deal makers, you know, and try to help us find the right insurance. So talk a little bit about uh, some people, you know, uh, that there is insurance even beyond obviously trying to get, uh, financing, there's just insurance that people should have, right? In business? Right. Everyone focuses on what they're required to have, the property, the workers' comp, the liability. But today's world is, we all know, there's cyber liability. And that could also get into financial losses as well with uh, wire transfer fraud, et cetera. Um, and yeah, then it's crazy these days. Yeah. We're seeing all kinds of issues with that. And And- Everybody's vulnerable. I mean, the government's been hit, all the big names. There's no one that's foolproof from that, um, especially small businesses. And then as well, there's other coverages for employment practices, liability to pr protect for sexual harassment, discrimination, wrongful termination. And, and it's good for both the employer and employee that those policies are in place because it just gives you a little peace of mind and it even, you know, gives the employees peace of mind knowing that that type of coverage is in place. Right. So, 
A- a- any other things that people should watch out for when they're buying or even selling a business as far as insurance is concerned, as far as people seem to trip up on often? Yeah, it's an important factor to me, having worked with buyers for so many years now, is that they, they've just made a big investment. The seller maybe grew the business organically and, you know, they've come out of pocket or, or borrowed a lot of money and they need to look at it a little differently and maybe not be, you know, maybe be a little more risk adverse and more conservative because of the big investment they just made. And, you know, and understand that the, that the bank's requirements or lender's requirements are usually in, in good faith for all parties. Sure. So there's just a matter of, you know, not assuming that what the seller had is right for you and just taking a second look at it and understanding that what you, what choices you do have and what choices you don't have when it comes to the insurance. Cause like Andy said, I mean, some, there's sometimes getting what you want and there's sometimes getting what you need. And with insurance, a lot of it's dictated. So, you know, we, we focus on trying to help people understand what, what they have, why they have it, and help them to make an informed decision. It's great. Great advice. Great advice for buying a business. Michael, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you could always call my cell phone, 954-873-7997. Feel free to text also. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, you can't bind by text, right? <laughs> or by, by, or by voicemail, but, but verbally it, you could. Yes. Yeah, so, but so, uh, give Michael a call, uh, and you know, listen, uh, insurance is something that we all need in business, uh, especially these days with all the things that are going on. I appreciate the info. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for having me, Andy. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Hey, we're back with Deal of the Week, and we have our partner, our very esteemed partner from the UK, Henry Ziff, on the line, and we are talking about a technology business that they just sold in the beauty industry. So, Henry, tell us a little bit about the deal. Sure, Andy. Thanks for a very kind introduction, as ever, Um, and good to be back on the podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, we closed a small little online e-commerce health and beauty business. Um, so it kind of sold, um, premium hair, hair and beauty products to, um, to, to its clients, um, kind of those premium brands, um, that you see up and down, um, kind of the high street or in, in, in airports and things like that. Um, the deal was for just just under one hundred twenty thousand pounds. Um, it was a challenging one because not all businesses have great books and records, but right. we were able to work through that with a really pragmatic buyer. Um, yeah, so that was I suppose the deal in, in a nutshell. Was there any financing involved? Uh, so there was some seller financing on the deal. Um, it was kind of split fifty fifty, um, kind of. Kind of completion, cash on completion. As we say at Transworld, we try and do good deals for good people. Um, that involved, you know, some cash on on completion and uh, potentially some seller financing involved um, as well. So it was, yeah, we were able to structure a smart deal where everyone was able to kind of get what they wanted, um, and the buyer who owned a physical kind of health and beauty clinic 
now has access to kind of online and can grow his business further. And the seller, who's a serial entrepreneur, uh, has, can go can go kind of look at run his other businesses. Great. And, you know, listen, we talk about technology business all the time. People sell, they, they can't buy one because they sell for billions, but there's a lot of small technology businesses. And this sounded like it was even better that the buyer didn't have to build it out themselves. They got one ready to go that even had some cash flow. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is a, it's a great example of how people, you know, think maybe slightly laterally to, to grow and enhance their own businesses through buying up, buying a small business. Um, and that's exactly what the buyer, buyer did here rather than spending, um, the kind of maybe hundred thousand plus pounds dollars to kind of launch their own website, get their own warehouse, um, do all the online marketing here. It's kind of ready to go, already set up, already, already running, uh, in time for Christmas as well. Um, that's obviously a big part of gifting is a really big part of this industry. So he, they were really keen to get the deal closed kind of end of September, early October, so they could, uh, the buyer could kind of gr try and grow sales through the Christmas period. Great. Great deal. Great people. Henry, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how best to get in touch with you? Uh, best two ways are um, click through our website, which is tworld.com, and then you just click on the page that says England, um, and you can get in touch with us there, or you can give us a ring on Zero zero four four two zero three nine one 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 zero five nine. Great, great. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Brilliant. Cheers, Andy. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, everybody. And as you know, today we are talking about everything business insurance and how it affects your business, but also your deal when you're going to sell your company. And I have an insurance expert with me today. Very excited to have Mark Polk on the show. He's a client advisor with the Buckner Company. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. Well, as you said, I'm an insurance broker. So basically what that means is I represent uh, numerous carriers rather than uh, like your state farm or farmers type agent. I work primarily with mid to large size businesses in the blue collar space. I work a lot in construction, transportation, and hard to place risk. A lot of the referrals that come to me are, are uh, types of coverage that other brokers haven't been able to place or haven't been able to, to place properly. Um, unlike most people in my industry, my, my background is a, a little bit different. I actually started out uh, my career in the construction industry where my brother and I grew a startup construction business up to 225 employees of peak in 13 years. Um, as it applies to buying and selling businesses, we were able to sell that business in 2008 before the crash. At that point in time, we had 186 employees and uh, it, was, it was definitely good timing. People ask me why the how I exactly made the move from construction to insurance. And for me, it was pretty simple. Um, starting from such a small business and growing into a large business, I had gained quite a bit of knowledge very quickly because I was our HR department. I was our safety department. I was uh, basically all things down to how are we doing our vehicle maintenance. So during that time, I'd been through OSHA investigations, DOT audits, ever-changing government regulations, um, trying to keep up with consistent HR issues. 
And at that point in time in construction, I never really looked at those going along with insurance, but they're all risk. And any one of those things, along with a risk that is not properly insured for, can put businesses out of business. So basically, to hit fast forward here, what I do is I'm a specialist who specializes in a very narrow range of industries. I like to tell people that I know a lot about very, very little. Um, I'm one of the first brokers that if I, I get something referred to me or um, someone calls me and it's not my niche, um, I, I let people know right away. But the good news is I have great partners that I can refer that to that that, that is their niche. I work much differently than most brokers because uh, a lot of brokers, when they come into your office, they'll ask for your declaration pages, tell you they'll give you a quote. Um, I, I don't do that before I agree to work with anyone. Basically I do a a brief little interview to figure out if we might be the right fit. And then my next steps are, I want to review all policies to see where you are in your program. Um, with being a specialist and working in a very narrow field, it's amazing the, the gaps in policies that I find because the majority of the brokers in my industry are generalists. So they might be talking to a construction company in the morning. They might be talking to a restaurant in the afternoon and, and a, uh, a hotel somewhere in between. And let's face it, there's only so much that you're going to fit between someone's ears. So um, with really narrowing down my focus, I know to ask for specific coverages that your average broker would not based upon your industry. In addition to doing that deep dive, um, we also sit down for at least an hour to an hour and a half interview. So I, I can really, uh, really know what your exposures are in the business. And then I help my companies not just with placing policy in the right place and getting the right coverages, but, but helping out with some of those other aspects I discussed before that you can ensure for. I mean, it's definitely a comprehensive method. And like, I like your statement, you, you know, a lot about a little, but especially in your business, it, it seems to have that narrow focus on a few industries is very important because like you stated, every industry has different risks. And, and I love how you um, made that analogy in, in your last business of the OSHA investigations and all that. It's really tied to risk. So I think this is a good point to transition to like our next topic or question mark, but you know, what do you, as an expert, what do you perceive to be the role of insurance in a business? Well, I mean, the, to not go too deep into the weeds and oversimplify a bit. I mean, insurance is to protect the assets of a business donors or shareholders. It's that simple. Um, the protection could be for property, equipment, vehicles, you know, things like supply chain or legal protection, the event of a lawsuit, um, injury, et cetera. So, I mean, if the right coverage and limits are in place, there's no reason for business to go out of business unless it's due to something that they, they can't be insured for. Best way to say it is the other areas of risk that I touched on before, you know, um, HR type of issues or, uh, improper succession planning or those things, that's where the real risk comes into play. You never hear of a business going out of business or something that they are properly insured for. I think probably one of the, the biggest issues that we run into is most business owners have always been thinking about insurance until they actually need it. Um, insurance is one of their second largest expenses. Uh, it's not sexy and it's, 
it's a product that everybody is required to buy. Um, but when you look at it, everybody involved in the transaction with insurance, the business owner is buying a product, but nobody wants them to use it. The insurance carrier doesn't want to pay a claim. The business owner doesn't want to file a claim and deal with the hassle. But in the event where a claim is filed and the right coverage is not in place, that's a big issue. And that most certainly can uh, not only put a business out of business, but also jeopardize the, the personal assets of, of the owners or the, uh, the shareholders. Yeah, it's, it's a really big issue. And I agree with you. It's not it's not a sexy expense. It's not something every business owner looks forward to renewing and paying every year, but it, it really can um, save your business in the event that there you do have one of those risks that affects your business. And it, it can be any number of things like you stated. And another thing we see too, Mark, and I mean, you have personal experience in this in selling your construction company, but we see that insurance can also affect the business sales. So we've had examples where, you know, the insurance premium increased because of a worker's comp issue before, maybe they were undercovered, anything like that. So what have you seen related to business sales, you know, how can insurance affect a deal or, or potentially even maybe kill a deal? Oh, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Going back to insurance uh, not being thing that business owners really focus on, I know a lot of cases during a, a buy-sell type situation, it's, it's one of the areas that receives the, the least amount of scrutiny. So, I mean, basically looking at it, uh, the insurance of a company that, that is about to be bought is just as important as a P&L or the financials. I mean, any potential buyer, I recommend that they bring in an expert like me. Like I said, I'm not the right fit for all industries, but if it's if it's some of the blue collar industries that I work in every day, I would be the right fit. But to do a full due diligence dive and go through those policies, figure out what the exposures are of the sellers and uh, see what exposures you could be potentially picking up down the road. Um, people need to be looking into what's going on with the claims. Are there any past claims or potential for future claims against the soon-to-be-purchased company? Um, in M&A or you know, any, any type of uh, buy-sell, it takes longer than an industry standard usually to add additional names and shirt. Um, I mean, the other part of it is it's important for buyers to know if there's any existing contracts or, or commitments for the business that's being acquired. Um, you know, what are the, the um, responsibilities that you're picking up based upon those contracts and what do you have to meet as far as insurance requirements? From a seller's perspective, um, you know, you definitely want to have all of your policies in order because if a, if a potential buyer brings in someone like me to analyze the policies, do that deep dive, my report to them is going to show you know, any, any potential risks that, that I see in that. And from time to time, that actually becomes a, becomes a pretty serious deal breaker. So some of my competitors uh, charge pretty significant fees. I mean, we're talking 20000 or or on up uh, to do those deep dives anytime there's, there's a buy-sell going on. But my team and I actually don't charge for those services because we usually make the agreement that we will be the broker uh, for the buyer once the sale is complete. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you had a, a lot of good points there and it, ultimately I think it comes down to whether a business is underinsured or, or like, I really like your point about 
checking to see if there's any outstanding or potential claims because that's going to change the insurance policies in the future for the buyer. You know, if, if they do have an outstanding claim that typically their insurance costs are going to go up. But ultimately what it comes down to, if you're a seller, it comes down to affecting your valuation too. So if you're underinsured or you have an outstanding claim that could increase your insurance cost, there's going to be less money that drops down to the bottom line once you fix those insurance policies. So for a buyer, it's good to know that and do that deep dive with somebody like yourself, Mark. But also for a seller to just be prepared that if something like that's discovered, that you might have to redo the policies or the buyer might have to in the future. And that's going to affect the cash flow of the business ultimately. Absolutely. And, and in addition to just policy limits, um, you know, we're looking at specific endorsements. We're looking at specific exclusions. Uh, if a broker does not know your particular industry and they are a gen- generalist, it, it is absolutely amazing um, how many policies I review every year that, that have gaps that you could drive a truck through uh, just because of standard operations of a business are specifically excluded from their policy. And they're, they can get these coverages. It's just their broker didn't know to ask for them. So that's that's the, the biggest part of it. Right. And it happens all the time. Um, so I, I think... One big takeaway, if you're listening to the show and and you're a seller and you're saying, you know, oh no, I I really need to have my insurance policies reviewed or I'm not sure if I'm covered well, I I think this is the perfect time for you to start to do that. Um, So let's talk about, Mark, what are some action items a business owner can take to ensure that their coverage is good? And obviously they can, you know, they can have a deep dive done or have a quote, but what advice would you give them when they're going through this process to make sure that they're working with the right broker, that they don't have any holes in their coverage? You know, what should be their first steps if they're looking at, you know, a totally revamp of their insurance during their next renewal process? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with your comments. I think probably the most important thing is is choose your broker first. Choose your team. Know who you're working with. Um, you know, ultimately, your insurance person is <laughs> watching out and protecting your assets. You need somebody who actually understands your industry, who is a specialist in that industry, and who is willing to be involved in your overall risk management program. If you have somebody who you signed up with who had the lowest price and just asked you for your declarations pages and and wanted to give you a great quote, that's probably not the right fit broker. Um, If you have a broker that, that is not reaching out to you multiple times a year and calling you and asking, what are your projects? What do you have coming up? What's going on with, uh, your deals, what's going on with your contracts, what's going on with your clients. Um, if your broker is not doing that for you, it's probably not the right fit broker. You need buy-in and someone who, in your insurance representative, whoever that is, be involved in your business and a trusted advisor. With my clients in particular, I would say 60% of the phone calls that I get are insurance-related. Um, and my team takes care of the day-to-day, the certificates of insurance or, or whatever. But um, I'm very involved on a high level with my client's business. So the other 40% of the calls that I get are, okay, we're thinking to expand in this way. So what is that going to do to our exposures? What is that going to do to 
um, increased overhead due to premiums. Um, are there some things that maybe we're not thinking about or we're not seeing uh, with proceeding in this way? So, I mean, really, uh, your insurance broker should be as much of a trusted advisor as your attorney or your CPS. One thing that I do for my clients, and not all of them take advantage of it, but I, I wish they would, is once a year, I basically quarterback a meeting, invite their attorney, invite their CPA, invite the insured, and myself, and anybody else. A lot of times, uh, they'll, they'll have their banker there or whatever. And we'll lay out a one-year plan or a five-year plan or whatever for, for where that client wants to take their business. And a big part of that, with, with a lot of boomers retiring, is succession plans. And by having all those trusted advisors together in one room, I'm looking at it from a risk perspective. The CPA, obviously, is looking at it from his perspective. The lawyer, we know what perspective they're looking at it from. But by, by getting everybody together and uh, exchanging ideas, it's, it's very, very helpful. Second, if you're working with the right person and they know your industry, make sure that they are reviewing your coverages before you even start working and they're communicating with you of, this is what you need, this is why you need it, and you know, someone that's been picking up on a continued edge that changes in our industry and uh, just someone who's not going to leave you with, with big gaps in your coverage. So on the day that, that you do get a claim, uh, you don't get the bad news or you, you never had coverage for it. Right. And I, I think that's that's a good point too, right? This is not just about prepping your business for sale or having the right coverage. But ultimately, if you have a gap, you you have you have liability there. And if something happens and you're not insured, it can really affect the business too. And I think that's also to your point, point, Mark, is like meeting with or talking at least with your insurance advisor multiple times a year because we do see a lot of businesses that, you know, they'll take on a new project or a new client or add a new service offering. And that's where the gap starts, right? Because they weren't doing it before and now they are. And you can just some of this stuff throughout the year. And that's why it's really important to keep your advisor in the loop. So Mark, I think you've given our listeners great advice, some great action items. If there's somebody that's listening right now that would want to have a further conversation with you either about becoming a client or just more additional questions about your expertise in the blue collar and construction industries, how would they reach you? They can call my direct line at 303-756-2014. That's 303-756-2014. Or my email is M, as in Mark, Polk, P-O-L-K, at Buckner, B-U-C-K-N-E-R.com. Great. Well, we'll drop that into the show notes for the listener too. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining the show. And we hope to have you back on again soon. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time. Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Everybody, welcome back. And it is listing of the week. And I have a very special guest. I have Joe Mormon from Transworld Business Advisors of Richmond, one of our big productive offices here at Transworld. And Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So Joe, you have a very interesting business. Uh, It's you know, unique. We love unique businesses and it's a uh, sort of technology based. It is technology based. It is an online company that has found a niche in the recruitment business, really the job posting business. Mm-hmm. So they focus in the eye care industry and work specifically with their customers to attract 
qualified applicants to fill eye care jobs all over the country. That's great. Actually, I used to, I know that business very well. I did a lot of work in the uh, optical business and opticians and ophthalmologists, and uh, they're always looking for help. So that's a, a great business. And it, it, is it worldwide or is it United States based? So they're, they're based in the U.S. They have some operations, some customers in Canada, but at this time it's just U.S. based. Great. Well, it sounds like a great opportunity. And so how much are they asking for the business? They're asking $1.8 million. And it's, is it making money? It is a profitable business, uh, very high margins, has recurring revenue streams uh, because it's effectively words on a web page. Inventory is really non-existent. Right. So it's, you know, margins are strong, overhead low. So it's a fantastic business. Yeah, fantastic. You must be getting a lot of hits on it. So uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Oh, best way to get me is either on my cell phone, which is 757-785-0270 or jmormon at tworld.com. Okay, great. And uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the business? You're working on SBA financing too, right? We are working on getting SBA pre-approval. And one of the great things also with this business is they're just scratching the surface on growth opportunities. And the current ownership is building some new verticals uh, using this model into other similar industries. So we're looking at just explosive sales growth coming in the next few months uh, and just a great opportunity for a new owner to just ride this, this wave of success that the current owner has built. Well, it sounds like a great deal and uh, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of action on it. So uh, we will have uh, Joe's contact information in the show notes. And thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, small more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.